Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, April 28th. Torah was meant to be lived out in community and in the context of relationships. A very effective way to study the Bible is in a small group doing a midrash or discussion. This helps you to go deeper into the Word as you take time to reflect on it, make connections from one scripture to another, and apply the scriptures to your personal walk. We have added a new feature on the Daily Audio Torah website. If you are involved in a small group Bible study, or would like to start one, we can help you. We have added discussion questions for you to use when your group gathers. We will post discussion questions for every Shabbat reading, and they will be posted on the website a week in advance so you have time to read and prepare ahead of time. We have also posted guidelines for leaders and facilitators to help you grow your small group in a healthy way. Just go to the new pick on the menu, Discussion Questions, and you will find everything you need there to nurture and grow your small group. We also offer coaching support if you need help or have questions. See the Guidelines for Leaders PDF for details. Have fun learning and growing in God's Word together in your small group. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Akarai Mot, and it means, After the Death. Leviticus 20, 1-16 The Lord said to Moses, Give the people of Israel these instructions, which apply both to native Israelites and to the foreigners living in Israel. If any of them offer their children as a sacrifice to Molech, they must be put to death. The people of the community must stone them to death. I myself will turn against them and cut them off from the community because they have defiled my sanctuary and brought shame on my holy name by offering their children to Molech. And if the people of the community ignore those who offer their children to Molech and refuse to execute them, I myself will turn against them and their families and will cut them off from the community. This will happen to all who commit spiritual prostitution by worshiping Molech. I will also turn against those who commit spiritual prostitution by putting their trust in mediums or in those who consult the spirits of the dead. I will cut them off from the community. So set yourselves apart to be holy, for I am the Lord your God. 
Keep all my decrees by putting them into practice, for I am the Lord who makes you holy. Anyone who dishonors father or mother must be put to death. Such a person is guilty of a capital offense. If a man commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, both the man and the woman who have committed adultery must be put to death. If a man violates his father by having sex with one of his father's wives, both the man and the woman must be put to death, for they are guilty of a capital offense. If a man has sex with his daughter-in-law, both must be put to death. They have committed a perverse act and are guilty of a capital offense. If a man practices homosexuality, having sex with another man as with a woman, both men have committed a detestable act. They must both be put to death, for they are guilty of a capital offense. If a man marries a woman and her mother, he has committed a wicked act. The man and both women must be burned to death to wipe out such wickedness from among you. If a man has sex with an animal, he must be put to death, and the animal must be killed. If a woman presents herself to a male animal to have intercourse with it, she and the animal must both be put to death. You must kill both, for they are guilty of a capital offense. Judges 8, 18 to 9, 21. Then Gideon asked Ziba and Zalmunna, The men you killed at Tabor, what were they like? Like you, they replied, they all had the look of a king's son. They were my brothers, the sons of my own mother, Gideon exclaimed. As surely as the Lord lives, I wouldn't kill you if you hadn't killed them. Turning to Jether, his oldest son, he said, Kill them! But Jether did not draw his sword, for he was only a boy and was afraid. Then Ziba and Zalmunna said to Gideon, Be a man, kill us yourself. So Gideon killed them both and took the royal ornaments from the necks of their camels. Then the Israelites said to Gideon, Be our ruler. You and your son and your grandson will be our rulers, for you have rescued us from Midian. But Gideon replied, I will not rule over you, nor will my son. The Lord will rule over you. However, I do have one request, that each of you give me an earring from the plunder you collected from your fallen enemies. The enemies, being Ishmaelites, all wore gold earrings. Gladly, they replied. They spread out a cloak, and each one threw in a gold earring he had gathered from the plunder. The weight of the gold earrings was forty-three pounds, not including the royal ornaments and pendants, the purple clothing worn by the kings of Midian, or the chains around the necks of their camels. Gideon made a sacred ephod from the gold and put it in Oprah, his hometown. But soon all the Israelites prostituted themselves by worshiping it, and it became a trap for Gideon and his family. That is the story of how the people of Israel defeated Midian, which never recovered. Throughout the rest of Gideon's lifetime, about forty years, there was peace in the land. Then Gideon, son of Joash, returned home. 
He had seventy sons born to him, for he had many wives. He also had a concubine in Shechem, who gave birth to a son, whom he named Abimelech. Gideon died when he was very old, and he was buried in the grave of his father, Joash, at Oprah, in the land of the clan of Abiezer. As soon as Gideon died, the Israelites prostituted themselves by worshipping the images of Baal, making Baal beareth their God. They forgot the Lord their God, Yahweh their Elohim, who had rescued them from all their enemies surrounding them. Nor did they show any loyalty to the family of Jerob Baal, that is, Gideon, despite all the good he had done for Israel. One day Gideon's son Abimelech went to Shechem to visit his uncles, his mother's brothers. He said to them and to the rest of his mother's family, Ask the leading citizens of Shechem whether they want to be ruled by all seventy of Gideon's sons or by one man. And remember that I am your own flesh and blood. So Abimelech's uncles gave his message to all the citizens of Shechem on his behalf. And after listening to this proposal, the people of Shechem decided in favor of Abimelech because he was their relative. They gave him seventy silver coins from the temple of Baal Bareth, which he used to hire some reckless troublemakers who agreed to follow him. He went to his father's home at Oprah, and there on one stone they killed all seventy of his half-brothers, the sons of Gideon. But the youngest brother, Jotham, escaped and hid. Then all the leading citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo called a meeting under the oak beside the pillar at Shechem and made Abimelech their king. When Jotham heard about this, he climbed to the top of Mount Gerizim and shouted, Listen to me, citizens of Shechem. Listen to me if you want God to listen to you. Once upon a time, the trees decided to choose a king. First they said to the olive tree, Be our king. But the olive tree refused, saying, Should I quit producing the olive oil that blesses both God and people, just away back and forth over the trees? Then they said to the fig tree, You be our king. But the fig tree also refused, saying, Should I quit producing my sweet fruit, just away back and forth over the trees? Then they said to the grapevine, You be our king. But the grapevine also refused, saying, Should I quit producing the wine that cheers both God and people, just away back and forth over the trees? Then all the trees finally turned to the thorn bush and said, Come, you be our king. And the thorn bush replied to the trees, If you truly want to make me your king, come and take shelter in my shade. If not, let fire come down from me and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Jotham continued, Now, make sure you have acted honorably and in good faith by making Abimelech your king, and that you have done right by Gideon and all of his descendants. Have you treated him with the honor he deserves for all he accomplished? For he fought for you and risked his life when he rescued you from the Midianites. But today you have revolted against my father and his descendants, killing his seventy sons on one stone. And you have chosen his slave woman's son, Abimelech, to be your king 
just because he is your relative. If you have acted honorably and in good faith toward Gideon and his descendants today, then you may find joy in Abimelech, and may he find joy in you. But if you have not acted in good faith, then may fire come down from Abimelech and devour the leading citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo, and may fire come out from the citizens of Shechem and Beth Milo and devour Abimelech. Then Jotham escaped and lived in Beer because he was afraid of his brother Abimelech. Luke 23, 44-24-12 By this time it was about noon, and darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone, and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Yeshua shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words he breathed his last. When the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what had happened, he worshipped God and said, Surely this man was innocent. And when all the crowd that came to see the crucifixion saw what had happened, they went home in deep sorrow. But Yeshua's friends, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching. Now there was a good and righteous man named Joseph. He was a member of the Jewish High Council, but he had not agreed with the decision and actions of the other religious leaders. He was from the town of Arimathea in Judea, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. He went to Pilate and asked for Yeshua's body. Then he took the body down from the cross and wrapped it in a long sheet of linen cloth and laid it in a new tomb that had been carved out of rock. This was done late on Friday afternoon, the day of preparation, as the Shabbat was about to begin. As his body was taken away, the women from Galilee followed and saw the tomb where his body was placed. Then they went home and prepared spices and ointments to anoint his body. But by the time they were finished, the Shabbat had begun, so they rested as required by the law. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Yeshua. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day? Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his eleven disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. 
Psalm 99, 1-9 The Lord is King. Let the nations tremble. He sits on His throne between the cherubim. Let the whole earth quake. The Lord sits in majesty in Jerusalem, exalted above all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Your name is holy. Mighty King, lover of justice, you have established fairness. You have acted with justice and righteousness throughout Israel. Exalt the Lord our God. Bow low before his feet, for he is holy. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel also called on his name. They cried to the Lord for help, and he answered them. He spoke to Israel from the pillar of cloud, and they followed the laws and decrees he gave them. O Lord our God, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them, but you punished them when they went wrong. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain in Jerusalem. For the Lord our God is holy. Proverbs 14, 9 and 10 Fools make fun of guilt, but the godly acknowledge it and seek reconciliation. Each heart knows its own bitterness, and no one else can fully share its joy. I want to speak to you today from our Torah portion reading from Leviticus chapter 20, verses 1 to 16. And in this section in Leviticus, it is basically giving us the guardrails, the lines and the boundaries for civilized behavior, particularly when it comes to sexuality. And I want to reference a book that's out there. It's very good. It's called The Return of the Gods by Jonathan Kahn. And in this book, he outlines how the ancient gods that were once worshipped openly um, were basically parking lotted. They were retired. The people and the civilization abandoned them with the onset of the early Christian church. And as the church spread and grew, the worship of the gods was set aside. And today we wouldn't think of bowing down to a clay statue or a little metal uh, statue. Uh, That just seems really um, backwards. But the gods have returned. And just as there is a holy trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we have an unholy trinity coming from the dark side, from the demonic side. And Jonathan Kahn outlines what that unholy trinity is. It is first Baal worship, and then Asherah worship, and then Molech worship. And in summary, Baal worship, Baal represents um, rebellion turning away from the God of Israel. And Baal was all about power and prestige and money and status. And the Baal God was often pictured or personified as a bull, a molten calf or a bull. We had the molten calf worship. Uh, That image was worshipped at the base of Mount Sinai while Moses was getting the Ten Commandments. And the molten calf was again worshipped when Jeroboam and Rehoboam, when the kingdom split happened in 1 Kings chapter 12, and the northern kingdom established golden calf worship once again. That was Baal worship. 
And today we have a huge bronze bull at Wall Street. And it was put there in the 1980s and it represents a bullish economy, a bullish stock market. And, and really it is the return of Baal. So then after Baal comes Asherah, and Asherah was a female goddess, and she was all about sexuality, especially sexual immorality. And she's all about blurring boundaries and blurring the lines. And so um, back then it was temple prostitution, and there were temple prostitutes. And today we've seen as Asherah has invaded the community and the society and the culture, first with the introduction of homosexuality and lesbianism and then the gay pride and and not not just that it's tolerated but it's it's celebrated and it's promoted aggressively and now we have the whole transgender movement of blurring boundaries and a man can become a woman and have gender affirmation surgery which is actually child mutilation surgery and the spirit behind that is asherah and sleeping outside of uh, marriage and sleeping with a married woman who is not your wife um, or just having sex outside of marriage and, and the whole sexual revolution of the 60s. That's what ushered in this uh, return of the spirit of Asherah into the culture. And finally, we have Molech. And Molech was a bloody god. Molech demanded blood. Molech uh, back in ancient times, they would literally sacrifice children. And at the base of the statue of Moloch was a blazing hot fire. And they would ro walk up the ramp and roll their little child, their baby, right into the fire and burn that baby alive. And today, in the last several decades, America has aborted more than 60 million babies from the womb through abortion. And they're cut in pieces, or they're chemically burned alive, or they're vacuumed and sucked out. And so this is the return of Molech, the third of the ancient unholy trinity, Baal, Asherah, and then Molech. So in Leviticus chapter 2, or chapter 20, verse 2, it is written, Give the people of Israel these instructions, which apply both to native Israelites and to the foreigners living in Israel. If any of them offer their children as a sacrifice to Molech, they must be put to death. The people of the community must stone them to death. And, and so this is very detestable. It's an abomination in the eyes of God to, to murder and to kill your own innocent little child, your baby. And we've returned to that. We even have in some states where abortion is acceptable and legal all the way up through the ninth month, even to the point of giving birth to the baby, then you can murder it immediately, which is infanticide. Infanticide. And so in a couple of states, that's legal. And it goes on in Leviticus chapter 20, and it puts in our guardrails for proper and improper sexuality. So sex was meant to be a beautiful thing to be celebrated between one man and one woman in context of marriage, a lifelong covenant relationship. But outside of marriage, sexuality becomes 
a, a for-profit scheme. It, it dehumanizes. It cheapens. It makes the a person become like a product or something that you market and sell and make money. Hence, we have human trafficking. We have people who are into sex slave trafficking uh, who are trapped in that. And so a lot of the guardrails that have kept us civilized are now being removed. It's like we're driving on a mountain road that's got all kinds of curves and ups and downs, and there's a very steep cliff right there on the right-hand side, and there's no guardrail anymore. The guardrail is gone. And if you take that curve too quickly, you can go right over the edge and over the cliff. The cliff. And so these guardrails are put there because God loves us. And he wants to protect us. And he wants to prevent us from being harmed and hurt. And it's given out of great, great love. So our nation has truly departed as a nation from the God of Israel. And these unholy gods, I would actually call them demons, are now very rampant in the public square and in our culture. The god of Baal, the goddess of Asherah, and the god of Molech. So may we return fully in our heart to the God of Israel, to Yahovah, to Yeshua, and to his Torah. And when I say Torah, I mean following all of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. We cannot keep the Torah, the Word of God, in our own strength, in our own efforts, in our own flesh. We can only keep it with the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. So Abba, as we see our nations and our cultures turning away from you and our civilization and society rapidly devolving and, and descending into rampant paganism, Abba, please keep us set apart as your holy people. Keep us clean and pure in our heart, in our mind, and in our spirit. Thank you for your word, which is like taking a shower to wash off the muck and the mud, and the stench of Babylon. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for Yeshua, who is our soon-and-coming king, who will soon be returning for his bride. Help us, Lord, to be that bride without spot and without wrinkle. We look to you, Yeshua. Come quickly. Bo, Yeshua, Bo. Please enjoy this beautiful worship song, Bo Yeshua sung by Joshua Aaron. Jesus, we're thankful. Yeshua, we're thankful. We know you always were. We're thankful you, you took on flesh. We're thankful you came. We're thankful you died. Yeshua, we're thankful you rose again. We're thankful that when you went up, your spirit came down, Lord. We're so thankful, Lord. Thank you, God. Yeshua, as believers, we really look forward to you returning. <laughs> and we say as believers, Lord, 
we say come. We say bo. Bo means come. We say bo Yeshua. We say bo Yeshua.
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.